The second, the second area, though, to, to think about making progress in is in likeness to Christ. So we talked about devotion to Christ, that is having a heart that really longs for him. And perhaps for some of us, you just say, I don't really long for Jesus. Well, perhaps today, your first step is just to begin to pray that you long for him more. But then discipling is about becoming like Christ. One of the things we talked quite a lot about as elders um, was the danger of discipleship becoming trying to make people like us. That we kind of set up a, here's what a Christian looks like. And you need to try and be like this. Um, And we are very much in danger of that, of kind of having our little Christian hero that we try and be like. No, discipleship is about becoming like Christ. Um, That is about our character becoming conformed to him. Um, And there's a number of questions, particularly off the talk, um, about this idea of cost and and just the sacrifice. And sort of like, I I find it hard to follow Jesus. I I don't really want to be like Jesus. I I don't want to live a life like him because it's costly. Um, I'm I'm going to ask Trev and Val to come up. That's all right. And uh, I did warn Val, not Trev, obviously, because Trev doesn't need warning. (laughs) Um, This is Trev and Val. If you haven't met Trev and Val, they're wonderful. I thought what would be be helpful was um, this idea of cost and self-denial what has that looked like for you guys? What have been some of the ways in which you felt that and how it's been hard to follow Jesus? And, but I would say, I don't sense that you're miserable. Um, <laughs> if you know anything about Trev and Val, they're not miserable. So how have you managed to live this life of denial and yet also know joy? Because I'd hate to get, go away from here going, being a Christian means being miserable, because that's not what self-denial is about. So can I... Can you kind of riff on that for a little bit? <laughs> okay. Um, she really doesn't want to. Um, but it's such a joy to look out and see you all and to pass on a little bit of our age and wisdom. I found a little card the other day. We're having a bit of a clear out. And I found this little card when I was eight and I said I wanted to follow Jesus and that was 60 years ago so it's all down to God's grace in 60 years time is still following Jesus, it's all down to his grace so that's the background so the cost I, I think kind of comes in different levels so looking out at the globe I see the cost um, sometimes on a Sunday when we're at Wilcox House we're all munching our lovely food that's been prepared by Linda and others and John T will come and said, now I just need 10 people and everybody nobody wants to get up off their chair and put their food down and go down in the rain to bring all this stuff up so that is at one level there is a cost to that. We talked about self-denial uh, in Jonty's first session. So, and I was thinking, for 20 years, m- my friends and I have gone to that shed and got out all the toys and put them in this room for 20 years so that women, mums and carers and their children can hear the gospel. So there's a cost to that. And then when Trevor talked about leaving his employment, uh, 
when we had a good life start and becoming a pastor, there is a bigger cost to that, I felt. I didn't want the kids to miss out. Um, so there is a cost. Vicky um, and Phil going to Vietnam feels to me, joy is you are doing it for the Lord. You have to talk to yourself when it's you're getting these toys out when when you're doing these menial things. John, too, when he was talking about being a YPF leader, I guess there were Friday evenings when he didn't want to get up off of his settee to go to serve those young people. But the joy of it is people coming to the Saviour and helping them walk this walk that we've talked about. Uh, well, I wasn't warned on this one. So, um, I, Before talking about cost, I think we need to talk about our motivation. And that's the heart spring of it, really. And it just comes back to this relational issue with Christ. And I think um, when we talk about things like quiet times and things like that, um, the danger of those things, I don't think we've ever been great at quiet times. We, even now, what we do is pretty simple. Um, we will probably spend 10 minutes or so um, uh, reading a Bible or reading a little commentary on the Bible and praying, working through a prayer diary. Um, but that actually isn't about... That is not the essence of our relationship with God. It's more... Um, uh, there was a Catholic priest who described it as um, practicing the presence of Jesus. So the whole of the Christian life is actually relational. It's about... Uh, grasping hold of the fact of what Christ has done for me. So the motivation will come from that as you meditate upon that. Great verse in, in Psalm. Psalm 1 verse 2. Psalmist talks about, I meditate on your law day and night. Does that mean he sat down and had a 24-hour prayer time or quiet time? No, it didn't. It just is, and we can all do this, and it's, it is a practice, but actually we've all got time when we're travelling, uh, some free time, uh, think on aspect of the character of God. Uh, m- uh, the, the word m- meditate is actually mutter. You're chewing it over. And that's kind of, um, that is a, it's a plodding thing. I think what I want to say is the Christian life is a plod. Uh, William Carey, who was a great missionary to India, was called God's plodder. Uh, and he just plodded away. He plodded away for 30 years, I think it was, not seeing one convert. But so the motivation is... Uh, what Christ has done for us so he's the most important person in our life and it's it's a relational thing I don't have a relationship with Val 10 minutes of the day in a quiet time it's actually we are united I am united to Christ if you're a Christian that's my identity so it's just kind of practicing that Uh, and then the cost follows from that doesn't it really there's a great verse in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.12. It says, uh, Paul says, death is at work in us in order that life might be at work in you. Now just think on that. Think on how you became a Christian. It may have been that there were, it may have been a parent, it may have been a relative, it may have been a youth worker, it may have been a friend. But what did it involve for that person to bring you the gospel? There was an element of dying to self. The youth leader who didn't want to go on a Friday night would much prefer the best in you. That, that's at the heart of the gospel, isn't it? Death at work in me in order that life might be at work in you. It all derives from Christ. That's, that's Christ. 
death at work in him, life in us. And, and that's just, that is, that's how it's worked out. So any service is, is, springs out of devotion to Christ, but is, is flows into taking that action. We live in a very self-absorbed uh, culture. Uh, and the, the answer is don't look to yourself, because you will feel rubbish. You are rubbish, we are rubbish in ourselves. But Christ isn't. Christ is great. Christ is my saviour. I'm not performing in order to achieve some status with him. I am in him. He is mine. And so I look to Christ, not to myself. And so it is a journey. It is these small steps. And you aren't going to mess up every day. Don't you love the disciples? I mean, they're they're all kind of big losers in many ways, weren't they? Especially Peter. You know, the number of times he blew it. And yet God was going to do a work in his life. And the work mainly, it seemed to me, in Peter's life was to humble him. To humble him. He was a very proud man, wasn't he? He was going to do this, that and the other for Jesus. And God has to humble him. And I think also in this thing of, of growth as a Christian, it has to be in the context of brokenness. God will bring things into our life um, that will humble us and will break us. You, you can't become a Christian in a vacuum either. It's always in relationship. And that's why uh, the next thing is when you serve together, that's kind of, you're beginning to look away from yourself to the needs of others. Um, that's a hugely healthy thing, isn't it? As Tim Keller's written that lovely, that great old booklet, the um, thing of self-forgetfulness. Freedom of self-forgetfulness. And you know that, don't you? When you've actually forgotten about yourself and invest in somebody else's life, there's nothing quite like that. It's so thrilling. Um, it's, not a, it's, it's not a chore. It is hard work at times, but yeah, that, but it's, it's so worth it because of the end goal, because of the glory of Christ. So, John, I don't know if I've um, covered... I would just want to yeah, say... Oh, I've heard it in the last word. I don't know what it will mean for you at uni, at work, but whatever the cost is, whether that's promotion that you don't go for so that you can spend longer you know, doing other stuff, um, the Lord is no man's debtor and he will repay that you have seemingly given up. He will more than you can imagine. So, it, so if you're in a good job, go and earn as much money as you can and give it back into gospel work or whatever he's calling you to, but he's no man's debtor. Thank you, Val. Um, great. Um, so we're just trying to... In some ways, it feels a little bit intangible. We're just trying to push into this a little bit to say, think about the cost. Lots of people ask those questions. What does it look like to live a costly life? I find it difficult to follow Christ. What does it look like? Um, and we sort of think, it must mean that I've got to go to Vietnam. It doesn't mean that. It means that today you have to make the choice to make one step forward in self-sacrifice. Lay down your life today for your friend. As you walk down that road, you may well end up somewhere different to where you thought you were going to be. But it's a series of steps. 